For over 100 years, millions of Canadians have proudly served our country in uniform. All of us benefit from their incredible service and sacrifice. It is our duty to honour and remember them. They have served in many roles, both at home and abroad, from peacekeeping missions around the world to Canada's mission in Afghanistan. They have fought for freedom, helped restore peace and security, and responded to emergencies. They proudly served, and their bravery will never be forgotten. They are our faces of freedom. Growing up on Vancouver Island, Bettina Fuchs enjoyed spending time outside and didn't mind getting dirty. She joined the Canadian Armed Forces at 22 years old, determined to become financially independent. With a love for driving and a can-do attitude, Fuchs became an MSC op, or Mobile Support Equipment Operator. Four years after joining, following a Canadian Human Rights Tribunal ruling, the Canadian Forces opened all occupations, including combat roles, to women. The Gulf War was the first conflict where Canadian women served in combat roles. Fuchs was one of them. I got married when I was 19 and had a child. And by the time I got to 21 years old, um, it was the, or it was 80s, 1985, around approximately that time, I ended up, my marriage fell apart. I was basically too young to start a family and get married, but that's what happened. So when I divorced, um, there wasn't a lot of jobs in the early 80s for women. So I decided that I would look into the military. I wanted some stability. I never wanted to rely on anybody else ever again to look after me. Um, I wanted to do it all myself. Back then they give you an aptitude test and you choose. Uh, they offer you three and I was offered a medic, military police, and MSC op. And I decided that I would love to do the MSC op because it's such a huge trade. There's so many different things you can do. We drive everything from tractor trailers to buses, anything that has a job. Um, heavy equipment, um, VIP, um, troop carrying vehicles, aerodrome vehicles. When I had joined, uh, there wasn't really any females in the field positions yet. So in 1989, I asked to get posted to Petawala to the service battalion. So I was one of the first females that they stuck in the field platoons in Petawala as a driver. And uh, it was tough at first. The boys didn't want us there because it's the man's world out there, right? But it wasn't very long before they were going, whoa, these ladies can really, you know, carry their own. And we gained a lot of respect from them. And uh, our sister brotherhood uh, took off like, like wildfire. It was, it was great. They loved having us there. We worked together very well. And uh, we could actually do some things better than the guys. After Iraq invaded Kuwait, Canada joined a coalition of more than 35 countries to liberate the small Gulf nation. More than 4,000 Canadians served in the Gulf War, helping to liberate the country of Kuwait. On 28 February 1991, 100 hours after ground combat began, the coalition had liberated Kuwait and a ceasefire was declared. Soon after, Fuchs and her team entered the country to provide help to the Canadian Embassy but nothing could prepare her for the humanitarian crisis she was about to witness. In the days to come, the expression, giving the shirt off your back, would take on a more personal meaning. 
My first deployment was in the Gulf War, and we went to Saudi Arabia. Now, I just told you I was a driver. It's against the law for women to drive in Saudi Arabia. They didn't want us to drive. We ended up not being able to do our jobs for the first week we were there until the governments, you know, talked and decided that we weren't women, we were soldiers. So um, they finally allowed us to do our jobs, and I drove a 50,000-liter water tanker over there. They call it the big silver bullet. I call it the big silver target. <laughs> but um, we were there with uh, one Canadian field hospital. And we set up like a mass unit, mobile, uh, mobile hospital, um, out in the middle of the desert on the Kuwaiti-Iraqi um, border, uh, along with a POW camp. And um, it was about 17 hours after they called ceasefire we rolled into Kuwait City to go into the Canadian ambassador's house to make sure that it was still standing and to help the Canadian ambassador's aide that had spent the whole time there during the war. So we went there to his aide to bring him water and power and, and stuff like that. And when we pulled into the city, we were pretty much the first friendly people to come in there. So we were bombarded with women and children, uh, that have been left with nothing. So I don't really want to go into too much detail about what is because it's not a great place to, or a great experience that anybody should have to see. But we did end up helping quite a few people there, uh, women and children, and we did make it to the Canadian ambassador's place. We stayed there for several weeks to uh, make sure that things were okay. Every day was different and so many people were coming and asking us for help that, you know, women had no clothes. I ended up giving this poor lady my t-shirt and a couple pairs of pants to wear because she had nothing. And she had been uh, abused by the armies there and so she was in pretty rough shape by the time we got there. So it was like people like that that we helped out children that didn't have their families anymore that were left to their own and so you know we tried to feed them while we were there and give them you know whatever we could spare you know a lot of times we went without it ourselves and gave it to them um, the worst part was having to leave because they didn't obviously didn't want us to leave they were terrified for us to leave so it was, um, I literally had to peel this lady off, off of my truck. I will never forget that for the rest of my life. Yeah, she was pretty devastated that we were leaving. And I struggle with that still. It haunts me still to this day. It was so sad to see, you know, what war does. Because we're not brought up that way. We're not, uh, you know, we're immune to that kind of stuff. We don't get to see that stuff in Canada. That experience, I, I won't forget, is just, there's not enough therapy to, <laughs> to, to help me forget that kind of stuff. Despite the harsh reality of her first deployment, Fuchs served overseas again more than once during her career. Cambodia in 1992, and several times in Bosnia in the early 2000s.
So the atrocities in the Gulf were unbelievable. I can't believe what they did to each other. And the same in Cambodia. Uh, in Bosnia, I seen the after effects. I wasn't actually there during the war 2000. Things were pretty calm by then. So I got to see, you know, the after of what people have been struggling with, not during. Because basically, we had to go clean up the mess in the Gulf that was left. It was only 17 hours after ceasefire. So it was a mess. It's putting it lightly. Fuchs was medically released in 2009 after almost 25 years of service. Unfortunately, two years later, she faced her biggest fight yet, breast cancer. With incredible resilience, she survived her treatments and true to herself, got ready for her next challenge, representing Canada in the Invictus Games of 2017. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I lost both my breasts in 2012 and um, with a very aggressive cancer. I went through eight rounds of chemo, nine surgeries on my chest, um, and with complications, uh, got really sick. I almost lost my life because of the chemo. So Invictus Games came along at the perfect time for me. I called, it brought me back into the land of living, I say, and gave me the opportunity to be with all my brothers and sisters again. I have some friends that I will never let go, or I have my brothers and sisters that I will never let go of for the rest of my life. They're part of me and I'm part of them and we stick together no matter what. And I know that if I ever need anything, that they're gonna be there. And with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Faces of Freedom podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing through your favorite podcasting app. You can also check out episodes from previous seasons covering a wide variety of stories from generations of Canadians. If you have a suggestion for a guest or story, reach us at Canada Remembers on Facebook and Instagram and at Veterans Affairs Canada on Twitter. Use the hashtag Canada Remembers to tell us what you think. If you're looking to dig even further into the stories of Canadian veterans, we have a wide selection online at veterans.gc.ca. Thanks for joining. Until next time. <music>